Hold on, I gotta do a Windows update. I'll be right back. Oh my <laughs> <Just> god. Kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh my god, I was gonna say. Hello, cinephiles, and welcome to Silver Screen Sips, a podcast where three idiots talk about movies. That's us. And today, we're going to roast the shit out of IGN ratings. Yeah. I, I saw an IGN review that said um, Avatar 2 was an 8 out of 10. Okay, I'm not going to listen to IGN because they rated something recently that was awful. They rate dog shit. Okay, the fact that Puss in Boots is a 9 out of 10 and then Avatar literally 2 is an Avatar 2 is an 8 out of 10. Anyways. Anyway. We also want to remind you that there are spoilers ahead for movies and TV shows that you may not have seen yet. So just know that you've been warned. Um, in today's episode, we will be talking about The Lost World, Jurassic Park, otherwise known as Jurassic Park 2. Yeah, I don't understand why this is the only one that has a name. I don't know. It's, so is there a reason? There's a reason. Um, the Our facts guy has a reason for us. <laughs> yes. The second book is called The Lost World, and Steven Spielberg There's was a like, book? Yeah, yeah, it was based oh. on a book. Oh. I did not know that. Both Isaiah, why hasn't this been in your facts? Because it's very well known that the book and the movie coincide. I thought Steven Spielberg just was a genius. No, I mean, well, we referenced in the original. I didn't know who that was. (laughs) He's the author of the book. (laughs) I didn't know that. I was just like, oh, yeah, here's a dude I don't know. (laughs) No, see, and also we we referenced... the original book for the original Jurassic Park, because we were talking about the difference in the character for the older guy. What was his name? Hammond. Sean Hammond. Yes. Hammond. Um, his character versus like in the book versus character in real life. When did we talk about that? At the very you end. Just don't listen to Lou. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Sorry, I'm pretty sure you, <laughs> I thought you asked us what we thought about having John Hammond, like how he was. Oh, in. The, I yeah. asked. I Yes. I said. What did you think? Like, do you think he's a bad guy? And then yeah. Isaiah said, no, I think he just had like good in, like good intentions, but a bad way of going about it basically is what he said. And then you're like, yeah, I agree. You might have mentioned the book and it just I just didn't. Not even so much the book because I didn't read the book. I just mentioned like, oh, you know, like Hammond's character is completely different in the movie because in the book, he's like a ruthless asshole. Maybe but- it just didn't click. I'm homeschooled. All right. Anyway, the anyway. question. Uh, so, Lewis, it's, yeah. Or it's, based it. a, it's based off a book. The second book is called The Lost World. And the Universal Studios thought if they make a movie called The Lost World, they're going to think that it's not related to Jurassic Park. So they said we had to call it Jurassic Park at the end. And it was tacked on. Yes. So why didn't they do that with the third one? It's called Jurassic Park 3. Yes. I'm saying but why, why didn't, didn't the third one they... get a name? Because, well, we'll get to that. But I think I'm pretty sure it's <laughs> he because... He doesn't know. <laughs> I don't know yet. Yeah, I don't know yet. But I'm okay. pretty, I guarantee you it's probably going to be because Steven Spielberg said, that's enough dinosaur movies for me. And mm. they wanted to milk the franchise and they didn't have an idea. <laughs> They're like, the second one did so bad. Let's let maybe... You know what was? The title. Let's change it. You know what it was? It was the fucking title. <laughs> <laughs> it actually made a lot of money. Yeah, it did, actually. I'm sure for the time, successful. yeah. Uh, but since we've Anyways, derailed, our, since we've we've already derailed, derailed. <laughs> very intensely from our intro, mm-hmm. I also just wanted to bring us back and let you know that we have a word from our sponsor, Shaker and Spoon. Shaker and Spoon is a monthly subscription service that gives you bar quality recipes and ingredients designed by award-winning mixologists. If you would like to sign up for your own subscription, head over to shakerandspoon.com and use our promo code 
SIPS10, that's S-I-P-S 10, to get $10 off your first subscription. Again, that's promo code S-I-P-S, the number 10, to get $10 off. Thank you so much, Shaker and Spoon, for, well, being who you are, because I think it's a wonderful thing to introduce the idea, the world of mixology to casual enjoyers like ourselves. Yes. Also, I really felt like that last line, Lewis was really yelling at me and I got scared. I'm so sorry. It's real. It'll really stick in my brain. That's for sure. You know what else is going to get is going to stick in our minds? What? These headlines. <laughs> oh, Woo! what a segue. Yeah. What a segue to this week in Hollywood. Okay. So this week in Hollywood, Johnny Knoxville, the man we all know for his pranks and stunts on Jackass, has now found himself in the midst of a lawsuit. Woo! Lawsuits, baby! Isaiah's listening. God damn it. After trying to prank a repairman, Khalil Khan, who was expected to be taking part in a simple repair job, Mr. Khan alleges that he was instead threatened with assault, faced with horrific scenes, had his vehicle towed, and was then warned that they would be turned over to the police for drug possession. Johnny Knoxville then arrived to inform him that it was all a prank. However, just a prank, bro. Mr. Khan clearly did not find any of this funny and alleges that he was traumatized by the experience and has gone on to sue Mr. Knoxville. This is not the first lawsuit against Johnny Knoxville as he was previously sued over Jackass Forever, but perhaps this will open his eyes and he'll learn to just target the people that actually signed up to be part of his pranks. Yeah. And now here's Isaiah with the weather. It's windy out here. The wind is really windy. Anchorman, thank you. <laughs> it's that time of year again, and the Golden Globes are quickly approaching with the event premiering on January 10th, 2023. Uh, the awards are what? Why? What's I was wrong? just I'm just screaming. Golden Globes! Golden Globes! The awards, the awards honor the best TV and film of 2022. Here's a short list of the top nominees. Uh, best Drama Motion Picture nominees Top Gun Maverick, Fablemans, Elvis, Avatar The Way of Water, which I kind of don't understand since it hasn't come out yet, and Tar. For Best Actor in a Drama Film, Hugh Jackman in The Sun, Brendan Fraser in The Whale, Austin Butler in Elvis, Bill Nye in The Science Living. Guy? Not that Bill Nye. <laughs> it's uh, Davy Jones. Yes. Bill Nye, The Science Guy. Bill, 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 Bill. Bill, 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 Bill. Science. For best actress in a drama film, Kate Blanchett in Tar, Olivia Coleman in Empire of Light, Viola Davis in The Woman King, Anna de Armas in Blonde, and Michelle Williams in The Fablemans. For best TV drama, we have Better Call Saul, The Crown, House of the Dragon, Ozark, and Severance. You can all you can see the full list of all the nominees and stars in the categories by clicking the link in our Discord server. You can also go directly to GoldenGlobes.com to find them on their website. Yeah, I I don't understand why. They would put um, Avatar in it, considering that just feels unfair because no one's seen it, and it's only and it, it's in January, so it's like people only have like not even a month to quote unquote rate it. I'm sure the critics they get obviously the critics got like a pre-release, like a pre-version, right? But it's just weird to have a movie come out at the end of end. Yeah. Jackie Chan has officially confirmed. Jackie Chan. Yes has officially confirmed that a Rush Hour 4 is in the works and already has a script. The movie has been rumored to be in the works for at least seven years now, but thanks to Jackie Chan, we finally know it's actually happening. It's unclear who will be directing the fourth movie, but Brett Ratner, who was behind all three of the previous films uh, in 2017, 
the filmmaker was accused of sexual harassment and misconduct and has not directed a film since 2014, uh, despite denying the accusations. So we are unsure, um, I guess, in Rush Hour 4's future, but we'll see. Uh, Richard Miller, the industrial light, light and magic sculptor who created masterpieces like Princess Leia's Bikini... Why is that the fucking masterpiece? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Um, Princess Leia's bikini in Star Wars, Davy Jones' tentacle beard in Pirates of the Caribbean, and much, much more has unfortunately passed away recently at the age of 80 years old. Mm. Mr. Miller was a lead sculptor and a key staffer in the ILM Creature Shop and later the ILM Model Shop for nearly 30 years. Wow. He contributed to over 55 features and numerous other projects dating all the way back to 1981. His long list of credits at the studio included the Star Wars prequels, multiple Star Trek movies, the first three parts of the Caribbean films, and the last two Back to the Future features. And that's just to name a few. Rest in peace, Mr. Richard Miller. You were a legend in special effects, and your work will live on forever. I mean, the man has done a lot. He has done a lot. But apparently the most important one to bat is Princess Leia's <laughs> bikini. Listen, I, I was reading an article, and that was the first one that showed, so I just wrote that one down first. I'm just, yeah. Just want that to be pointed out, I oh, swear. Oh, yeah, no, of course, of course. That's the only reason. That's the only reason. Anyways, Isaiah. Yeah, I'm sure. As most of you might have heard by now, artist Taylor Swift is set to direct a, her first feature film. She'll be working what? with... <laughs> he hasn't heard. No, I haven't heard. I didn't even read that line. What? Yeah. She will be working with Searchlight Pictures and writing an original screenplay. However, this is not the surprising part of the headline. The shocking part is that director Guillermo del Toro stated that he has high hopes for Taylor Swift's filmmaking endeavors. He, is, he has shared his thoughts on Swift's potential feeling that she's already shown herself as incredibly articulate and del toro says that he gave her the the book that inspired him in part of the great pan's labyrinth as the two parts share a love for fantasy and fairy tales who knows maybe gilmero is a swifty sorry what gilmero 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 Guillermo. Guillermo. There you go. Okay, so so let let, let me backtrack here. Yeah. <laughs> Number one, Stop Taylor on. Swift is directing a film. Yes. Yes. She as actually she has directed a short film before for her like music video. I'm not a Swifty. I just want that to be noted now. I do not want to be taken as a Swifty. I just know this. Okay, so regardless, she is directing an actual feature film. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Number yeah, two. Wrote the screenplay for. Mm-hmm. Number two. Legendary director Guillermo del Toro. Yes. Is hopeful. Yes. He's not just hopeful. He's a He's Swifty. A <laughs> He's a fucking Swifty, man. Number three. He gave her the book that inspired Pan's Labyrinth. Yep. Yeah, that's a that's like giving Isaiah the sorry i'm gonna stop myself there oh i want to see where this goes <laughs> i don't know i i was just gonna say something like i don't know the something very like the mona lisa original painting or something and just being like here you go watching him use ai art to cover to copy it <laughs> yeah jesus christ oh man anyways so I think the best way to end this segment is um, with the memeous headline to date. If you thought Taylor Swift was a meme, wait till you hear this one. Shrek 5 is in development. That's not a meme. That's a fucking treasure. What are you talking about? Um, word of a fifth Shrek movie has come and gone over the last few years, but with um, obviously nothing to show for it. But according to Banderas, the voice actor of Puss in Boots. Banderas? Um, so what did you say? Banderas? 
Listen, I don't want to hear shit because Isaiah just called him Gilmero. Okay. I'm going to point out that you're insulting Antonio Banderas. 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 So sorry. I'll try again. Legendary actor. I'm listen. I'm white as fuck. What do you expect? Okay. <laughs> I can't help it. Of course, uh, there aren't many details other than that, but we could potentially see a Shrek season in our futures. And that concludes this week in Hollywood. You can find all of the sources cited in our Discord channel. I'm just gonna leave it short and sweet. All right, Lewis. What do you got Take for us away. today in big loops, big brutes? Um, I've got for you that I now need a whiskey knowing that Guillermo del Toro is a fucking Swifty. You mean Gilmero? And Banderas. Banderas. I thought you said Pantera the first time and I was like, I was like, who, who why is the band Pantera? <laughs> in? I'm sorry. Um, I don't practice Santeria. Antonio Sangria. Antonio Sangria. <laughs> <laughs> This is Mr. so stupid and it's making me laugh. Mr. Antonio Banderas, please forgive us. Don't don't hate us. Don't sue us. <laughs> uh, anyway, for our Big Lose Big Brews session today, mm. um, I have before we actually go on to our alcoholic drink, I want to remind everyone that at one point or another, there was actually a Jurassic Park Lost World energy drink. Really? Excuse me? Yes. Was I'm it like show their you. own brand? Or was it like Monster did a one? I that that part I can't figure out mm. exactly. I just keep seeing the can. Um, it may have been featured in like Spain. Yeah, what the fuck? That's a dope ass can. I know. Fuck. T Rex power drink. What? I also found one that was like on eBay for like I think it sold for over four hundred dollars. It's very rare Jeez. to find one of those now. It was orange, apparently. That makes yes. sense. Kind of. Not really. I don't know why it's orange. Yeah, it sold for $330 with a $20 shipping Woo! from Germany. Oh, my God. That looks so fucking good. That, honestly, I would drink it. Um, but uh, so I wanted to remind everyone that that exists. Yeah. Um, if you I'm, please Google Google Jurassic Park energy drink and it's this black can. It is fucking awesome. Yes, um, I'm going. So. I will tie in why this recipe relates to the film or how I'm going to relate it to the film, at least uh, at the end. But we are going to talk about a cocktail known as the last word. The last word. Yes. And I am grabbing this from let me make sure I have this website correct. GastronomerLifestyle.com. The article was written by Mr. Christopher Menning on May 14th, 2022. And so here's a little bit of history on the last word. The last word is a delicious pre-prohibition cocktail with a heavy blend of sweet, sour, and herbaceous notes. The drink was created by famous monologist, I didn't know that was a word, Frank Fogarty at the Detroit Athletic Club in 1915. Frank was practically a stand-up comedian of that era, and the recipe name is a nod to his performances. Head Saucier, 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 published the last word recipe in his 1951 cocktail book, Bottoms Up. However, shortly after, the cocktail had fallen out of fashion and was almost forgotten about until decades later. It wasn't until the early aughts at the start of the cocktail renaissance when it saw its revival. There was a renaissance. Um, <laughs> Murray Stenson gave the last word life once again after finding it in Saucier's book. Uh, Stenson, then working at Seattle's Zigzag Cafe, shook the drink for his patrons before it became a staple at many bars across the country. Um, and there, I, it's because I had actually found online there was a variation 
slight variation. It may have been the same exact recipe, actually, but um, it was referred to as the Lost World on uh, KindredCocktails.com. Before long, the last word cocktail is spread across the U.S. Loved for its balance of sweet, sour, and herbaceous flavors, the drink calls for equal parts of gin, green chartreuse. Green chartreuse is not cheap, guys. (laughs) Uh, Just so you know. Is there a cheaper alternative? There is not. Oh, okay. Um, You can... If you can find a smaller bottle, you'll be fine. But the fact that <laughs> okay. I had to buy it once and it was like a $65 bottle. Oh. Uh, oh, And it's just a liqueur. It's not even like fucking. Anyway, my personal opinions on chartreuse aside, maraschino, uh, it's going to be equal parts gin, green chartreuse, maraschino liqueur, and fresh lime. However, Mr. Menning likes to cut up to up the gin slightly, cut through some of the sweetness. Hmm. We like, uh, so for the gin, they like to opt for something like rut dry gin an elegant dutch dry that is flavored with classic botanicals including fennel you want to choose a gin that stands up to the powerful taste of chartreuse so this or london dry gin will work our next ingredient green chartreuse herbal liqueur which exists in two variations green and yellow and each with slightly different taste and alcohol content now i'm i'm noticing this recipe says millimeters but what is that sounds like a lot <laughs> milliliters no it's it that's just the um variation to ounces so so about one ounce of rut dry gin half an ounce of green chartreuse liqueur half an ounce of luxardo or actually i think it's three quarters of an ounce um sorry uh three quarters of an ounce of green chartreuse green three quarters of an ounce of luxardo mercure three quarters of an ounce of fresh lime juice and a quarter ounce of chilled water you're going to add your gin, chartreuse, maraschino, and chilled water to an and ice to a cocktail shaker. Close your shaker and shake hard for a good 10 to 12 seconds. Using a tea strainer to catch the ice shards, double strain into a chilled coupe glass. Squeeze a lime twist over the top for the essential oils before discarding, then add a maraschino cherry and serve. Sounds like a lot of steps. It's not as many as you think. Uh, when you're If you're used to preparing martinis, it's about hmm. the same. I being that I like I hate making martinis, but at the same time, like it's it's a very simple process mm-hmm. overall. It just seems like it's a lot of steps. Um, but yeah, that is our cocktail for today. Um, the last word, also known as lost world, because it was almost lost to the world. Um, and here we are. Mm, I like the connection you made. It's all coming together. It's a little loose, but it's all coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, Isaiah, do you want to go or Lewis? Someone? What do you guys think? Being so, I made one other. If you guys remember when I did Big Lose Big Brews on Instagram, um, I made that one St. Patrick's Day martini. Mm. It had green chartreuse in it. Um, it is a very strong flavor. So I will warn you about that. But. I think if you balance Strong it, flavor just, of what exactly? Uh, honestly, I can't say because it just didn't really taste that great. Mm. Um, but in this case, because this is heavily chilled and you have like these other flavors of like lime and maraschino, mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to blend well. So I think this will definitely have more of a mix. Like like it does say sweet, sour, and herbaceous, but I think this will have like a definitely like a, a very, if you've had a little bit of gin, it, it almost seems like a flower taste in a sense. Yeah. Um, being that it's made with specific herbs and like fennel and all that stuff. So uh, this will definitely have a unique taste, in my opinion. Um, I would give it a four out of five for the creativity and for the fact that it stood the test of time from prior to prohibition to now. Yeah. Um, Isaiah, what about you? Um, I don't know. 
how I feel about it. It's uh, I mean, it looks good. I like lime. I like it. It looks very chilled, which because it is but chilled water. Um, I give it like <laughs> four out of five. I think I'd like. I feel like it's gonna give me not slushy, but like yeah, I guess we go slushy vibes. <laughs> but like, oh my god, there was this thing I had in um. I went to the Bahamas and they had this thing called a blue agave uh, drink. I think it was just called a blue agave, but it was frozen. And so when you drank it, it wasn't, it wasn't ice. Like it wasn't solid, but it also wasn't, um, at icy texture. That's what it was. It was like, it was icy. Yeah. It was like an icy. And it was, like it was an alcoholic icy. I, I don't know. Slushies and icies are two different things. Are they? I think what you're describing is a slushy though. No, what they, what they had was an icy basically. It wasn't an icy because it was something different, but it was the texture of an icy, and but it was alcoholic. So I was like, I have found a photo of what Isaiah is referring to. The blue agave. Yes. Oh, I would go back just for that thing. This is a variation. It looked like so. It looks like that, but it was dark blue, and it was like in a big bowl. Mm, Isaiah got fucking trashed. (laughs) So yeah, um, I think I give it like a four out of five because I think I'd like it. Okay. I think I would. I want to give it a four, but I think I'm going to give it a three and a half just because, oh, fuck it. I'll give it a four. It sounds good. I mean, I'm in a good mood today, so I'll give it a four. I love maraschino. Um, so having a liqueur like that is sounds divine. Um, the lime and the gin can't go wrong with that. Haven't tried chartreuse. Not sure what it's supposed to taste like. I've heard it's like kind of on the mintier side. Um, which also it just sounds like a refreshing drink overall. So um yeah, four out of five. Cool. Well, thank you, Lewis, for an amazing drink yet again. Thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah, don't mention it. Really, you shouldn't wow. shut up. Really don't because I'm not <laughs> doing it again. Um, oh god. <laughs> uh so now here we are with our not so much question of the day. Yeah. But uh oh, no, we're back, back to the dinos. We're back to D D. Cue the music. <clears throat> So, um, if you weren't here last time, we've been playing Dungeons and Dragons, but dinosaurs and dinosaurs style. Uh, a little bit different than, it's pretty similar to normal D&D, um, but just super simplistic and dumbed down for us to understand. So, in the last episode, Isaiah and Lewis were the first two to go against each other. Lewis uh, fought his Ankylosaurus against Isaiah's uh, Triceratops, yes, and Isaiah lost. I got my ass brutally lost. And so then it was on to the next round and Lewis went with his same Inko uh, against my pterodactyl and he lost, but not by a lot. He he was he almost looked like he was going to win at first. And then I got and then she wrecked me. And then I got him in, in the last round. Yeah. So now the boys are going to roll to see who will fight my pterodactyl. Boys are back in this round. Boys are back in town. Oh, no. (laughs) Boys are back in town. Now, my pterodactyl has uh, how much health left from the last 29. 29. You do have an opportunity here to use your uh, potion, your heal potion. I do. I am not going to. It's not going to. Wow. So it's me versus Lou. Whoever gets the highest number goes against her. Yes. Correct. All right. Yes. Isaiah has the die. Here we go. A 16. For who? For her Isaiah or yeah, Lewis? No. <laughs> it's for Lewis? Okay. Lewis. So I think it's a I pretty high a, number, Lewis. Yeah, I have a feeling Lewis and we end up going first. It's higher than my IQ. And he would because I have a seven. <laughs> okay. Lewis is coming back 
to kill me. <laughs> get, right, for me. get him for me. Get him for me. Let's Liz, what one of your, which one of your dinosaurs do you want to use? Um, I'm going to use my stegosaurus. I am a stegosaurus. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Um, so I guess I will go. Who who should go? F- I guess should we do Pokemon style? Whoever gets challenged, right? Well, I, I guess. So that, so I guess Lewis is technically challenging me, so he, he should get to go first. Yeah. Okay, sure. All We're right. mixing all the games let's, today. Let's, sure. Pokemon let's D&D. Let's get it started. Okay, let's go. Isn't that what Pokemon is? Just Dino D&D? Fuck yes. <laughs> all right, what's Lewis's role? Lewis is a 11. Oof, that is a hit. Fuck. Okay. That is a hit. So you're using a Stego. 10 damage done to my pterodactyl. So I'm now at 19 health. Great. Oh, wait, no, wouldn't it be? I thought it was like 11 plus four is, is 15, 15 and then so it's 11 damage. Cause you just minus what? four again. Strength three, speed four. Right. And her speed is minus four. Correct. Yes. I'm doing the math in my head. 15 minus four 11. is 11. Yeah. Oh, you're at 18 health. Jacob just turned the lights to red in my in the room. He knows he knows your uh, health level right now. <laughs> he knows yeah, you're, yeah. On, you're on <laughs> little health. <laughs> be doop, be doop, be doop. All right, let's All see. Right, if, 18 uh, health. Let's see if Jeez. she can get a nat 20, huh? If she gets a nat 20. Come on. Come on. It's a 15. Okay. Ooh. Why the fuck not? <laughs> Plus three mm-hmm. for strength. So that's a, uh, a whopping 18. Yes. Ooh. To your stegosaurus. That means I am at 32. 32 health. 32 Dude. health to 18. <laughs> All right, Lewis, let's see what you got. Da, 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 oh, it's an 18. Fuck. All right, I'm dead. I'm already dead. No, I'm not. Hold on. Yes, you have exactly. No, 18. It's, it's, hold on. It's exactly. 18 plus 4 is 22. It's 22 minus minus four. My 4 is 18. You fucking cunt. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Lewis wins this round. Fuck. I should have used my heal. Damn it. All right, Lewis, do you want to use yours? You have 32 health. Nope. I'll hang on. All right. So Lewis is officially at 32 health with his stegosaurus, which means Isaiah, what are you going to use to fight? I'm using my spinosaurus. Spinosaurus. Okay. It doesn't roll. Yeah, it doesn't work. All right, since you are challenging Lewis, Isaiah, you get to go first. Let's go. Your stats are super close. It's a one. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Isaiah, get your shit together. Yeah. All right. And Lou gets a six. Oh, no. Hold up. It's a nine. Never mind. Still, still miss. It's a nine. That, still miss. Hold on. Hold on. No, hold on. I get a 12. Let's go. Oh. All right, okay. Are you faster? You are. You get 16 damage. Wow. I'm at half health. Damn. Let's do this, let's do this. Let's go, let's go, let's go. All right, Lewis, what are you doing? Let's see. Lewis is missing with a six. (laughs) Oof. Fuck me. Isaiah's at full health still. Damn. (laughs) Finish him off. Lou, Lewis. Yes. I'm sorry, it's a 14. Big oof. Are you sure it's not? And you just imagine the one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, unfortunately, the four is on the left of it. <laughs> on the left? So it's a 41? No, it's a 14. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 20-sided die. I'm saying the, 14, the four is on the left of the 14. Oh, I see, I see. All righty, Stego, 
has got to go. Ayo. Ayo. Wow, Isaiah is full health. What the fuck? I am full health. Shit. I am full health and have won the tournament. That was really was, fast. Yes, this was a lot faster than last week. I kind of want to do another since it was quick. I mean, I mean, Isaiah, what's up to you? Fuck it. We ball. We ball. What do you got? Spino? Right now? That's what you're using? Spino? Fuck it. I have full health. Shit. Okay, hold on. Let me think. Oh, okay. I'll use my. Mm, I'll use my Allosaurus. I'm going to get rid of you. Ah. This is this is such a risky thing because all I'll have left is my Velociraptor if I get killed. <laughs> okay, uh, it is time. Is it too late to switch? <laughs> <laughs> Can I change it to the Velociraptor? The Pokemon is on the battle. Is on the field. <laughs> all right. There are no substitutions in this battle. All right, roll for me. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? I am. You have a one. <laughs> ah, fuck. It is a miss. I have a <laughs> the 17. I fucking hate you. That's okay though, because my speed's higher. So at least I get a little less damage. My, my luck this, this round is- 17 you said? 17. 21, 18 damage, fuck. 32, okay, I'm down to 32, that's fine. What I can is, handle that. What is a 20? We haven't established rules for a 20. Um. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> all right, anyway, it's 20 damage. <laughs> we'll cross we that go. bridge when we burn it. Okay. All right. Uh, ooh, you get a 17 this time, too. Oh, wow. 17. Oh, man. And I get to do more to you. Whoa. Oh. 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 17 plus the four is 21 to Isaiah. That leaves you to 29. 29. Ooh, 29. It's, uh, Ooh, it's, okay. it's getting a little heated in here. I have rolled a 12. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> minus one, 15. Fuck. That's fine. No, minus three. So sorry. 13. 32 minus 13. Fuck. 19. Ah. Okay. I have to get nat 20 right fucking now. I, I don't know. That won't even be enough. But you know, here we go. It's a 15. Ah, okay, I'll take it. That's fine. 15, 19 damage. You are down to uh 10. I'm down to 10. Oh my god. Come on, come I on. I might come be on. able to win this. Come, come, on, on. come on. Come on. I need a good one. I need miss, a good miss, score. Miss, I need miss, a good miss, score. miss, 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 Okay, that's 11 plus 4, that's 15, come minus on. a 3, so 12, so that takes me down to a 7, oh my oh, god, come on, <laughs> 7 to 10, okay, I just need one hit, it's really I it, a, yeah, fucking hit. I need a hit, I need a hit, I need a hit, no, no, I need a hit, <laughs> damn it, it's a 13, <laughs> fuck yes, ah. get the fuck out of here, so Isaiah wins first, and then Beth wins, comes back and wins again, oh, I'm, I am gonna use my health. Just want to state that now. I'm gonna be smart about this. <laughs> Damn, that's that's rough. Whew, that was rough. Yeah, rough. How does how did Beth start with three and still have two? Because she I'm never... fucking good, bitch. You're not even rolling the <laughs> dice. <laughs> so wait, now if if Lewis, hold on. Okay, never mind. I answered my own question in my head. Alrighty, Lewis, what are you gonna use? <laughs> That's my, my T-Rex. Oh, great. You have no other option. <laughs> I just noticed. <laughs> All right, Lewis, you're challenging me, so you get to go. Okay. Fuck, he's a strength of five. Yeah. Yikes. But he do have a really low speed, so he missed. What? Oh, no, he got an eight. Oh, 
Well, yeah, that's a miss. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I say it. And ooh, she strikes back with a fourteen. Ooh, of course she does. All right, so um, fourteen plus four, eighteen damage right off the bat. Thirty-two health. I might become victorious. The only way, if so if Lewis dies and then I go against Isaiah and Isaiah beats me, he has to fight me again. Just want to point that out. Yes, he does. Well, uh, that's why you minus yours. <laughs> <laughs> reverse Thank damage. You. Beth has hurt itself in confusion. It's a Uno reverse card. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, well, Lou claps back with a 19. Oh, oh fuck. Oh. Let's go. Plus five. All right, 19 plus a five minus a three. What is that? That's 19 plus two, so it's 21. Fuck. That brought me to a 29. Shit. <laughs> fuck. That was quick. Okay, that's fine. I'm okay. No, that's, that's okay. Good thing I healed my character. Okay, what do I got, Isaiah? You have a 10. I'll take it. So 14 damage to Lewis, bringing him down to an 18. Damn. Ooh, it's a seven. <laughs> Oof. Swing and a mess. Ooh, it's a 12. Oh! Whoa, Plus five no. for 17, minus <laughs> three for 14. <laughs> or no, is that four health? Four. Hold on. Four health. Oof. We're in, we're in, the, we're in the critical stage. We are in a critical... T-Rex versus Allosaurus. Isn't this exactly what happens in one of the Jurassic Absolutely. Parks movies? <laughs> I believe it's the third one. Spoilers. Wow, crazy. Who wins in the movie? I have. I don't remember. Mm. I guess we'll find out. We'll find out. It's Maybe a 12. We're gonna, I hit him with a 12 or he hit me with a 12? He hit you with a 12. Oh, fuck. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Plus 17. five minus three, so... 14. I can handle that. That brings me to a... 15. Yep, I knew that. <laughs> I was doing it in my head. <laughs> I know how to do math, I swear. Okay, I literally just need to hit him. That's it. I just need 10 or above. That's a 50 uh, 50. Well, you have a four, so. Fucking bitch. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. All I need is a 15. If he gets, yeah, if he gets under that, that's fine. That's a lower chance. With a 13. Holy shit. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Wait, that brings wire, him down. Boys. No, 15, 13 plus 5. Uh -huh. 18. Is 18 minus my 3. He just killed me. Hell yeah. What the f? No! No! Shit. Damn. I am going to use my heal for obvious fucking reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Fair, fair. Oh, man. Damn. And All right. So in the next episode, we will be able to have one last bracket. Yeah. We have the T-Rex left in the ring. We have the Velociraptor and the, sorry, the Brontosaurus. I mean, he's got, his stats aren't terrible. He's just really fucking slow. Oh, man. I mean, technically he would be the one to crush the Velociraptor because he's huge, but. Fair. Um, all right, so Lewis and Isaiah will be going next, correct? Actually, just be the three of us. It'd be literally the ending bracket. So I think we just roll for whoever gets to fight who first. Yeah. Oh, I was going to just say you two, and then whoever wins goes against me. Who has the most wins? Beth. Crap, you're right. <laughs> okay, well. All right. Well. Oh, that was intense. My heart's racing a little bit. Okay, it's gone now. Let's continue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's gone now. <laughs> All righty. Isaiah. You yeah. got any fun facts for us today? I, I do. I have a few. I have a few. All right. Let's get into some facts. 
Now, Steven Spielberg wanted to make a sequel based on the embryos that were lost uh, in the first movie in the Barisol can. Barbasol? <laughs> Barbasol. Barbasol can. Um, Barbasol. But Michael Crichton had made, wrote the second book, and Spielberg decided he was going to follow that plot instead. So there was plans to make a sequel based around just the embryos. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the plan was, but that's what he wanted to do, and it didn't happen because Michael Crichton ended up writing a second book instead based around the dinosaur, around dinosaurs. So he was like, okay, we'll do that instead. Now, the Stegosaurus was made to be very prevalent in this film because Steven Spielberg received many letters from children about how their favorite dinosaur wasn't in the movie enough. So he brought it back and put it very prominently in this movie. <laughs> I am a Stegosaurus. Yeah, so he put, he put a, he made it a kind of, he made I mean, them literally like, yeah, oh yeah. They have probably the most scream time. That's a lie, but maybe second. And now let's get into some audio stuff. Our very favorite man, Gary Rydstrom, <laughs> our audio uh, engineer, mm-hmm. designer. So to simulate the baby T-Rex, they recorded a baby camel after okay. moving. <laughs> yeah, so uh, they removed the baby camel from its mother. And so the wailing sounds the baby T-Rex makes is actually oh. of a camel wanting its mother. Uh-huh. With it, it's a, got a few like effects on it and a few pitch differences, but it's basically it's the least uh, edited audio that they had it's basically mm-hmm. just, it's like just straight up a camel now that makes sense. i can hear it now that you mentioned that to distinguish the second t-rex from the other uh the sound designer Gary him he recorded pigs and an unknown costa rican mammal that he still to this day does not know what it was costa rican mammal. <laughs> he, okay he just it was just some random costa rican mammal that made a screeching noise that was similar to the baby elephant that was mm-hmm. from plastic. yeah so he couldn't recreate the baby elephant obviously because it's very unique and they never was able to figure it out. Um, yeah. So they used the screech of some un, uh, so of pigs and an unknown Costa Rican mammal to create the screeching noises. And that was the underlying tones for uh, the second T-Rex so that you can do so that you would be able to distinguish the two from each other. Interesting. I wonder what mammal it was. Google's unknown Costa Rican mammals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, due to this now, due to the size and uh, weights of the T-Rex animatronics, they were kept in one single soundstage and the sets were built around them because they were just so huge. And due to that, and the reason they were so uh, heavy and huge is because they were rebuilt. They're not the, like, the original ones that were from the first movie. They were rebuilt from scratch to, and filled with the different type of machineries to get more exact movements and distinct uh, movement out of them so that they can become very unique. And they both ended up weighing about nine tons, which is twice as, twice as much Jeez. as the original T-Rex. Are they at least waterproof this time? I'm going to assume so, because they didn't have any <laughs> so. <laughs> that's it. That's, how do you even move them? I'm, I know, I'm assuming like a truck and stuff, but it's just like, dang. So the, they're actually all mechanical, so it's basically just some dude on a computer or using a... Um, so there's just actual dinosaurs walking. Yeah, it's just, a, just filled with giant mechanical stuff. To, the baby dinosaur... So there was two different versions of the, of the baby T-Rex. Mm-hmm. There was... One that was attached to where, you know, they were like sewing them up and stuff that uh, was controlled by a person and a remote control to kind of simulate the acting of it, you know, wailing and moving around and all that stuff. But it was mostly attached to the table. Well, the other one that they were um, running around with when it it wasn't attached to anything was fully remote controlled. So some guy was just using a remote control to move around the body and stuff. I was going to ask how they did that because it was really neat. Because that's obviously not CGI and just looked really real. 
you know. Batteries. Lots of batteries. <laughs> <laughs> double D's. Wait. Whoop. Is that a battery? That's double, a, double A's. Double A's. Double. There is a D battery, though. Multiple D batteries. I just combined it. Now, um, to film the cliff scenes, holes were actually cut out of the roof of the sound stages in order to hang the trailer from it from a crane through the hole in the ceiling. Oh, so that was all. I guess that makes sense. I just didn't think about it. Yeah. So basically, so all the interior shots of the crane dangling uh, is based of well, the trailer dangling off the cliff is basically just a trailer hanging from a crane. But because it couldn't fit in the soundstage, they had to cut a hole through the roof. That's crazy. <laughs> and then to get the outside shots, they built an entire fake cliff wall and put it next to the parking garage at Universal. Huh. Casual. Yeah. So when you uh, got in from work and when you left work, there was just a big freaking fake cliff wall with a dangling trail <laughs> on the side of it. <laughs> uh, let's see. Most of the people running from the sand it, from around in San Diego when the dinosaur is in San Diego just wreaking havoc is actually part members of the crew. So mostly the crew members. One such man is David uh, Kep, the screenwriter and second unit div- uh, director. He was the guy who ends up getting eaten by the T-Rex when he tries Beautiful. to run to the store. And he has probably one of the best like sound uh, deaths I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that noise vividly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's uh that's the screenwriter. <laughs> that's great. Uh to give the effect of a T-Rex smashing through the side of a bus, a bunch of pneumatic pumps sucked the wall in. So basically, it was they they bought a bus. They were going to simulate it getting crashed into and in order to do that, they had a bunch of pneumatic pumps uh rigged inside of the bus, right? Yeah. And so when they needed it, they just would press a button and then wires would just yank the uh, from inside the bus and just yank it inside <laughs> to give that effect of that, like something smash into it. But basically it's actually be for the reverse where somebody's just yanking it from inside. That's actually really neat. I think is this part. I, I don't know enough about like mechanics and shit, but sounds cool. <laughs> like sounds a little scary though. You know? Yeah. I would not want to be around them. If it, one thing went bad now for my final fact, cause it's not a lot for this movie. Um, the original en- there was two original endings for the movie, and they're both kind of similar uh, before it was changed to what it actually is. So the original ending of the movie was actually going to be the characters getting off the island on the, hel- on the helicopter, but they would then been attacked by a pair of pterodactyls. Oh. And so then there would have been a whole scene. It was fully the, uh, there would have been a whole scene about them, like we call it pterodactyls attacking the helicopter, just stabbing the pilots and stuff like that, and them trying to get away. Uh, another ending is where the characters were getting away on hand gliders, and they were attacked by pterodons. <laughs> so. Yes. Endings. These both uh, these endings were fully storyboarded and like tr- and were talked about in multiple meetings. But Steven Spielberg basically on a whim towards the end of like them trying to figure out what the hell the ending was going to be, they just said wh- he's like I just want to see a T Rex run through uh, through a port town in, in, on the mainland. He's like I just want to see that. He's like, I think everybody that's what everybody wants to see. So they on a whim they just changed the, the ending <laughs> to that. Hmm. There goes my man being spontaneous. Now, I know some, some people are like, what's the difference between a pterodactyl and a pterodon? Um, I will tell you. <laughs> Thank you, because I was actually thinking that. So pterodactyls are much smaller than pterodons, uh, but they are both winged-like creatures. Uh, but pterodactyls actually often walked on land with the help of their hands. Uh, pterodactyls also differ uh, in the fact that their, their heads are soft, while pterodons' heads have like large crests on top of them that are very hard. <laughs> so basically, it is a, a pterodon is a bigger, harder, and deadlier <laughs> version of a pterodactyl. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, man. Child. 
And those are all my facts for today. Thank you for your facts, Isaiah. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> um, now, uh, what did you guys actually think of the movie? Because I, um, I was just trying to think of what I wanted to start with. Sure. There are many things. Yeah. So I'm going to actually I'm going to state first that I had half a bottle of wine when I <laughs> when I watched it. So the ending's a little fuzzy. Uh, so first off, animatronics and everything. Super impressive. Like Isaiah was touching on with the um, baby T-Rex. That was fucking awesome. Like just the fact that they had this tangible dinosaur in their hands and like they can you can see how it, they interact with it and everything. It's so much better than half of a T-Rex body with a CGI tail and CGI everything, you know, the whole thing was real. And I think that that, again, I'm a sucker for practical effects. So um, I, I just loved that part. And I think they definitely upped their game this movie with the animatronics. Um, of course, this was how many years after the first one, two or three, seven. Seven. Okay. <laughs> so big, big gap there. Um, so yeah, definitely could see a, a uh, an increase or an, an improvement. I mean, uh, also the, the, the idea of photographers for dinosaurs, that is, I didn't realize, but that's, I think my dream job, that would be amazing. I've always wanted to do like, um, my actual dream job is to be a photographer for national geographic. Um, that's, pipeline but i have a friend who did that actually and so oh, if you, hit if me you, up. yeah <laughs> um he has his own photography studio in like uh i think they're north or south carolina now ooh, hey but he did do stuff with netflix and national geographic wow the fuck yeah. send yeah. him my way um i uh yeah i think uh dino photographer is a close second for dream job now um i also i remember watching this movie as a kid and um, I didn't remember like any of it watching it now. You know, I, there was only a few scenes that I was like, oh, I remember this. Like the scene where um, forget his name, but the one guy who gets separated from the group and gets eaten by all the little dinosaurs. Well, he's peeing. Yes. I remember yeah. that because that probably fucking scarred me as a kid and didn't realize <laughs> that's probably why I'm scared of lizards now. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that stuck with me. And uh, there was a few other scenes that also um, I remembered, but I went into it knowing that it, it had a lot of hate. A lot of people didn't like it. And honestly, I thought it was fine until the one scene. And I want you guys to guess the scene because I mentioned it when we when I was watching it. I texted and I said, there is a one fucking scene that just ruined the entire movie for me. You only said it and it never gave us any context. So I still don't know what scene you're talking about. Well, you've seen the movie now, so can you guess what it is? Generally, no. I cannot because there's so much I dislike about this movie. So, okay, uh, Lewis, do you have any? <laughs> Lewis, do you have any guesses? Well, see, I was thinking it was the one that starred you for life, but I guess not. No. Um, it's more towards the not even the climax, but like the rising action of the movie. The climax, you say? Yes, midnight climax. Oh, um, Operation Midnight Climax. Hey, oh, throwback. Uh, no, I, I actually, um, I cannot think of which one. I'll tell you. Thank you. The scene where the daughter, first off, hate that character in general, wish she didn't exist. Uh, the 
daughter decides her best way to fight off a fucking velociraptor is to do a bunch of fucking gymnastics and then kick it. It is. Oh, oh, it it was the the stupidest scene I have. (laughs) And it was supposed to be taken like seriously. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, (laughs) you had me in the first half. And then she does a fucking backflip and kicks a velociraptor. And I was like, okay, wait a second now. And it was just so cheesy that. And then from there on, it just went immediately downhill for me. Because like before that scene, I had no notes. I'm not even joking. I think the only note I had was the photographers for dinos. That was my only note. But like I had nothing because I was like, yeah, this is a fine movie. This is straight mid. And then that happened. And and then I have like seven more cons after that because <laughs> it just went it went bad. Um, like I said earlier, I hated Malcolm's kid. I don't know what it was about her. I don't know if it was her dialogue, the way she delivered it or what. I just could not stand her. Kind of wish it was that in her gymnastics, that in the fucking gymnastics. <laughs> what? Oh, wow. Drunk Bethany's writing is hard to read. Um, wow. Oh, so obviously it's n- not as well paced as the first one. I thought I thought the second one I was kind of like, OK, is this almost over? And then I checked and I was like, oh, my God, it still has another fucking half hour. Jeez. Like, I think a good place to have stopped it if they didn't have three already written and in mind, a great way to have ended it would just be with the dinosaur roaring with San Diego in the background. That would have been a great way. I thought that's where it was going to end. And I was like, oh, it's going to pick right up with dinosaurs, you know, in, in San Diego society. Yeah. Like, that's what I thought it was going to be. And and then there was another like 30, 45 minutes to the movie. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. So it's just it just wasn't as well paced for me. It felt like there was moments where it was up and then there was moments where it was down and up and down and up and down. And there was never a build. It was just kind of all over. Well, what, did, what did you say that has something to do with, uh, you know, Dr. Ian Malcolm being a chaotic mathematician? Yes, but. Oh, no, I'm just fucking around. Don't. Um, so, yeah, I was originally going to be it was originally going to be a three out of five for me. Mm-hmm. And then all that shit happened and it became a two mm-hmm. out of five. Um, yeah. So two out of five for me it was, it was eh, kind of just exists, you know? Yeah. Isaiah, would you like to go next? I have a lot to say, so I'm going to let you go first. <laughs> okay. Um, I will agree that there are some things... I not even agree. I'm going to... There are some scenes that I had confused in my mind, like my memory, from the third to this one. Mm-hmm. Because I, I have seen three as a child, um, or like a younger you know, teenager or something. Um, and yeah... Uh, this was not at all how I remembered it to be. Although, exactly, <laughs> the things I did enjoy, at least, was the number of deaths throughout this film. <laughs> <laughs> that is the f- most fucked up thing I was not expecting. Killing that. sprees. Yeah. The thing I enjoyed seeing the most was watching the people die. <laughs> it's more so like for the the setting. And the story itself, like it, it's, you know, like versus in the first one, like all these people, you know, you only see like what, maybe one or two people die. Yeah. Was it like the lawyer and, and Dennis and Samuel Jackson's character? 
and you don't even see Samuel Jackson's character die. You just see his fucking arm. Um, and the clever girl. Oh, and, and and yeah, the game warden clever girl. Um, so in this case, I just thought it was like interesting that they kind of amped it up and they showed so many people being pissed off on mm-hmm. screen, you know, whether powered by the or they were uh, by the velociraptor brush, you know. So yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was an interesting twist for them to like kind of step it up a notch in terms of like how violent this movie got. Um, and I also hated Ian Malcolm's daughter. Good. Um, I somewhat. I mean, fuck. It just it, it felt so weird watching the scene of like the 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 T Rex in in San Diego, thinking it's like this is not at all how I remember the other films <laughs> happening. Yeah. And so it it was it was a very like uh, I guess cognitive dissonance if is what you could call it in this case. But trying to wipe it from our memory, kind of. <laughs> um, just just not. It's not clicking from what our memory is, and and it's it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm feeling but yeah um uh, ludlow's death at the end was in it in itself like for the storyline rewarding in a sense whose death the the nephew the nephew who took over engine oh right right right. oh i was like what's happening Peter ludlow was <laughs> okay, his character. Yeah. i didn't know that was his name yeah uh, the guy who gets eaten by the baby t-rex mm. um other than that yeah uh i will give this a a 2.5 Oh, he just can't be with us. No. Gotta be different. I I, I mean contrarian. <laughs> I might I might change my mind after what Isaiah says, you know? I might get, go even lower. <laughs> that is true. That is true. All right, Isaiah, so, hold on. Let me just get comfortable. She's stretching, she's preparing. She is preparing. That doesn't sound right, Isaiah. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't make it that way. You, you made it that she's way. She's presenting. I'm just saying I needed to hear. Anyway, I'm gonna, as Isaiah proposed to say this, I'm going to go find a drink. All right, Isaiah. Shit on it. Okay. This plot, the entire plot of this entire movie feels so forced. 100%. 100%. It feels so it feels so forced. It feels that they obviously did not have a plan to make a sequel. So they just kind of had to just base it off of what happened last uh, last time on the last movie. So suddenly it's like, oh, John Hammond is like, oh, there was a second island that we never mentioned in the first movie. <laughs> There's uh, here's yeah. the backstory. Here's the backstory on why that exists. Um, oh, here's this uh, other thing on why we're doing this that never existed before until now. And let me explain. Let me do some exposition to you on why it exists. Mm-hmm. And it was like, all right. If I had to, to chime in on, on, you know, the absolute shredding of this plot, um, this feels more like a fucking sad spinoff than it does a sequel. Mm. That's what I'm going to say. Later on, like one of my notes is that it feels like a remake from the future. Yes. You know? How so? Like how Disney is remaking everything nowadays. Yeah, like if Disney were to remake this movie and they had to make a bunch of callbacks to the original movie, it's like the it like. Star Wars sequels. Okay, that's what this is. Because okay, so like there's a lot of there's a lot of little things that get referenced back. So uh, the like when the T Rex is in the forest, right? It um hits the the ground the ground shakes and there's like a puddle and the puddle starts shaking. You can see the thing. That's a callback to the water in the truck mm. instead of this yeah. uh, the t-rex shows up right instead of one t-rex fighting a car it's two t-rexes fighting a trailer right it's it's like the same plot but different enough to be like a reboot mm-hmm. and just enough and just enough references to call back the original so that you're like oh i remember the first one exists 
it's the same plot but times two <laughs> yeah so and it's just it's just that's what it, it just felt like a, a what did i say it's it felt like a half it feels like a half-hearted remake with callbacks to an original but instead it's somehow a sequel <laughs> mm-hmm. fair um yeah so they obviously didn't plan for it i think roland and his nephew are like comically evil but it works yes. it works because it's funny <laughs> with, with roland being this game hunter i do think they fell a little flat on what it was trying to do because he's supposed to be this evil game hunter right doesn't care about the feelings mm-hmm. of animals and all this stuff and it's just here to hunt you know man's greatest predator so the fact that kind of just oh i don't want to do this anymore walks away that's it. it it just was okay yeah i felt i i think there was a lot of potential with that story plot of like oh yes humans do like have this um curiosity and stuff like that but there's also another side of humans that has a much more dark intention such as like hunting and i think they could have done a lot more with that but they didn't so uh to, to throw in two things here because i i remember seeing it on the wikipedia and i wanted to pull it up um mm-hmm. they describe roland as a big game hunter who adheres to his own strict moral code rather than like you know comically evil mm-hmm. or even evil in the first place um, and this, i just think he's comically evil of just how <laughs> over the top he was of i'm going to hunt big animal <laughs> yeah yeah so they try to do this awe inspiring effect again which isn't going to work i don't know why they would attempt it because you know they have the characters like, oh my god look it's the, it's 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 that dinosaur it's a dinosaur oh my god but it's we've done that before you can't yeah. have the awe inspiring effect after you've already seen yeah it doesn't it, the effect w- went on for too long for something that we've already seen so it just doesn't work um yeah now there's a big point in this movie about proving that the t-rex is like a natural parent and not gonna like leave their young to die and all that stuff but everybody kind of just treats the t-rex even roland as someone who does that like his first plan is to immediately kidnap the child and expect the t-rex to come back but everybody else is under the impression that oh the t-rex is just gonna abandon its young it doesn't really care so I don't understand why he like I he's a hunter, right? Yes. But then also, shouldn't he be the person who would study the hunt? You know, he would be the person to study the animal is going to he's going to try to hunt. He wouldn't just assume. Correct. And also on top of that, the guy who is with him and part of his company thinks the T-Rex would just abandon its young. Therefore, all the information would point that he would <laughs> not think that plan would work. And a whole lot of other people also think that plan would work or wouldn't work because the only person who thinks that the T-Rex is actually nurturing is Julianne Moore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but everybody in the world somehow treats it as if Julianne Moore is right, despite the fact that uh, contrary is apparently true and that's what she's trying to disprove. So, mm. I don't know. So there's no logic in that. Um, now, the biggest scene is the trailer scene where the T-Rex has pushed the, t- uh, the trailer off the cliff. How come they just, like, nudge it a little bit so then it starts falling off and then just leave? <laughs> and they just leave. And then they I come back the a little bit. I the same fucking late. thing. And then, so they leave for, like, 20 minutes. They come back. They eat the one dude. And then they just leave again. <laughs> And I, I thought that the only somewhat logical explanation was they purposely left so that the guy would come and then they could hunt him, too. But like, that's I don't know. That's a that's a stretch. That is a stretch. That mean, yeah, because it just doesn't. That's just, just me trying to fill in the gaps. Yeah, that was just it, the, yeah. They needed a plot and they were like, oh, well, the dinosaurs are here. What do we do with them? Oh, they just leave. But it also doesn't make <laughs> any sense that they didn't attack and then they give them the dinosaur and then they leave. And then they come back like that was weird, too. I was like, I would, if anything, expect them to stay 
and still attack. You know, like it was just a weird. Yeah, that whole scene was just. Yeah. They kept like it's, coming it's the and most going. Famous, yeah, it's the most famous one, but it, it makes least amount of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the guy who. <laughs> This one dude who just yells, don't go into the long grass while walking into the long grass. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, he knows that the velociraptors are in there. So he's like, yeah. don't go in there while walking in there. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. If that doesn't sum up the stupidity of everybody involved here, it I don't know what does. Um, Yeah. And then I also wrote that the gymnastics scene that of the daughter just made no damn sense. The daughter's <laughs> character arc, she did not need to be in the movie. It made no sense. It mm-hmm. was because mm-hmm. it was just a plot. Again, because the whole point is of Ian Malcolm being there, right, is he is there to try to save his girlfriend mm-hmm. because he's afraid of what the dinosaurs will do to her. The daughter being there is the same exact thing, but it's his daughter. I don't understand. There's no need to have her there. Well, like you said, times two. It's just, yeah, everything's just times two. It doesn't make any sense. And then when he, when the dinosaur gets to the mainland, right? Mm-hmm. Now, Steven Spielberg originally wanted to make a whole movie the third, he was going to make a third movie just around the dinosaur being on the mainland. So the movie was supposed to, I assume. See, that's what I'm fucking saying. That's what I thought it was going. That scene where it just kind of, he's on uh, there and he roars, I think would have been a good ending and it probably would be a better movie. I mean, yes, still be bad, 100%. but I think it then, then it would have just been the one gymnast scene that would have really bothered me a lot. And I yeah. probably would have given it a three for that case. But there was just a lot that happened in San Diego that I was like, this isn't necessary yeah it's just because you can doesn't mean you should (laughs) now the crazy part is that he wanted to make a whole third movie just on the dinosaur being in san diego see that's not that's not too bad that's not terrible but it probably i don't know what they would have done with it it would have probably gotten dragged on a little bit yeah i mean there's a little i just want to get we'll put this in there real quick there's a moment in san diego where a bunch of japanese men are running away yes i was i was wondering the significance of that was it felt very out of place it felt out of place because it is a reference to godzilla because steven spielberg really wanted to make a godzilla movie and so he i think in his mind he saw the opportunity that oh this dinosaur is on the mainland i can make a godzilla movie right now (laughs) and so he decided just to throw in a godzilla movie at the end of this movie that's technically all this was It, it, it just doesn't seem it just doesn't work it's just stupid there's no need for that I felt the same exact way. I was like, oh, the movie's over. There's another yeah. half hour. <laughs> yeah. So it is a two mm-hmm. out of five for me. It is. There was a few scenes that I was like, okay, this is cool. This kind of makes sense. But then a lot of the movie was just, this is so dumb and unnecessary and rehashed. So when I was looking at the facts for this movie to try to, to for the behind the scenes and stuff like that, mm-hmm. there were people talking about how this is their favorite Jurassic Park movie. And that they're so glad that this one, that, and this one's so underrated. And they're so glad people are talking about it again. And I'm like, no, this is not underrated. No. This is just trash. Yeah. <laughs> Which, but it's not. But it can't be as bad as the third one. So. Oh really? Oh, I'm excited. I don't remember the third one other than foggy pterodactyls. So. So, but we will get into the third one in our next season. I mean, in our next episode. <laughs> yeah. See you guys next. in like a month <laughs> for that. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, we all pretty much relatively agree. Uh, Lewis, do you change your rating at all now after hearing Isaiah or no? Yes, I do. I, I drop it to a two. Unanimously a two out of five. Wow. Look at us all agreeing again. That's crazy. Second Look time in a wow. row. Look at us. <laughs> Wild. New streak. New streak. Oh, man. Well, that's it for today's episode. Uh, remember to follow us on social media at Silver Screen Sips. 
Uh, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, Audible, and Google Podcasts now. Uh, you can also send us your movie suggestions by emailing us at soscreesips at gmail.com. Please send in your suggestions so we can have a list of movies to watch for our listeners episode coming up. Um, ooh, I don't know when. We'll January. find that out. Sometime when. in January. We'll give you the date when we know it. Um, but yeah, we'll see you guys in next week's episode. And we will be diving into Jurassic Park 3. Nee, nee, nee. Okay, I'm going to go update my windows now. Oh, my God. <laughs>